A company is kinda like a building. Building. Stocks are the bricks of the building. Building. Cause if you own a brick, you own part of it. Stocks are sold on the stock market. A company is kinda like a pie. Pie. A stock is a slice that you buy. Why? Cause if the pie is popular to eat. Okay, okay, okay. Just stop the music. Before we work, we should have some fun. So it's time for some trivia. Every episode, we will start with a trivia. The people that will get it correctly will have their names drawn to win a chance to either appear on the podcast as a guest or submit a question and we will directly answer it for them. So without any further wait, let's get to the trivia question. Today in this trivia, I would like to bring someone very special here. This person was born in 1901. Yes, this person already passed. Was a very introverted person. This person created an industry that is one of the biggest on the planet today. And some of that person's life was lived in Chicago and Kansas City. Remember, there is a big clue later in the podcast that will be given that you will basically able to tell who this person is. Please remember to send all answers to gabriel.ronkai at protonmail.com g-a-b-r-i-e-l dot r-o-n-k-a-i at p-r-o-t-o-n-m-a-i-l dot com. Please remember to send all answers to gabriel.ronkai at protonmail.com Please write in the subject heading trivial answer and the show number. Now, let's start this bullish podcast and let's have some better music. Okay, let's start! podcast uh, today we are doing the episode number three and I would like to basically just continue what we left off in the first couple of episodes the first episode we were talking about that you need something before you invest so you can have a certain idea what you want out of investment and we talked about as a story about my friend and how he lost his money because he had no idea how to proceed when he was winning and when he was losing. Last episode, we were talking about some of the things that out there for you to, to teach you about how to invest and how to look at stock market and some of the basically perhaps not the best things out there that just sort of rip you off or at least that's what it looks like would just take your money and give you absolutely nothing in there that you can learn from and just to be careful and be aware of things out there that might do that now today 
I would like to continue on the on before you invest and basically talk about what I mentioned before in previous podcast is the pre-investment contract. Now the pre-investment contract is basically the contract that you sign with yourself. And what happens is it has a bunch of questions that you need to answer in writing. So you have to think about it and put it down in a piece of paper that later you sign that you can follow and basically sort of be your guide as you're investing in the market. Now, the reason I developed this and I brought this and created this was one of the reasons what happened to my friend, but the other is because when I was talking to people on LinkedIn or in other social media areas, a lot of people said, well, I just want to invest. I, I want need some money. Uh, and, and you know what? I just find these companies. I know how I, I did invest before. I just call them. They take the money and I look at the stock tickers and yeah, you know what? That's how I do it. So what happened was what I concluded that a lot of people actually do not think about ahead of time what would happen if I lose the money, what how I would proceed, and some of the basic things that in general speaking you should have so you can have a better investment experience. So I would like today basically go through not necessarily all the questions, but some of the questions and perhaps talk about or perhaps they are self-explanatory and basically just look at it so you can have a better understanding. Of course, you can take these down and write them down, but you can also, what you can do is on LinkedIn, find me as Gabriel Ronkai or on Facebook as Gabriel Ronkai and basically ask for this and it's a free no, uh, free no charge for it and I will give you the whole contract so you can actually fill that for yourself and, and do something with that and, and just basically start working on it on the whole process of investment that way. So let's go through some of them then. Okay, well, it starts with your name. So basically you put your name then obviously, so you know whom is it for. And you know, it might be too obvious, but sometimes when you don't put your name down in anything, when you read it, it's just general. When you put your name down, your brain works a little bit, ah, so it is for me. So this way you know it's for you. It says, why do I want to invest? Well, you have to figure out internally, why is that you investing? You investing because you want to create a nest egg, you want to invest because you need all our money suddenly. You have to figure out why you invest because when you, when you know why you want to invest, you will have to basically invest in different types of stocks depending what you want why you want to invest in if you want something long term you're not going to invest in something extremely high risk if you need something very fast you will have to invest in something that's on higher risk so that's why you need to know why you want to invest another question is what is my end goal in dollars or in time Basically, what it's asking you is, do I have an end goal when it comes to dollars? Like, for instance, yes, I need cash right away. I need $100,000. So when I get $100,000, I leave. Or I just want to invest for six months, see how how much I can make. And after six months, I get out of whatever I'm making. You need to come down and figure out, is there an end goal? Or if I make that money, I still take that money out, but I still continue. You need to make decisions, basically, before you go in to know how you want to proceed and where you want to go in. And that will also basically change how you're going to act when you start creating and increasing your portfolio or when you start losing it because of how much you need and what you set up for yourself 
for the future outcome. Again, another question, how do I want to diversify my portfolio? And that comes to how much risk I want to take and how much security I would like to have in it. And basically that comes from why I want to invest, how much money I need and so on and so forth. So basically this way you need to think this all through and when it's all securely put it, put it down on this piece of paper in front of you, then you can make a better investment. And this is just trying to walk you to step by step and reinforce what exactly you want out of it okay this question is relates to a question ahead of uh, a couple of questions ago what do I do when I get to my target like what do I do uh, that's why you have to define a time period or money and then now you can answer what do I do when I hit my target do I stay in do I cash out and basically reinforce what you want to do down the road when you get to that point where you want to get. And basically all these questions, basically, I know that some could be looked at as redundant, but what they help you do is realize, yes, this is what I want and reinforce in your brain what you will do when you get to a certain point. You see, a lot of times what happens is when you get to a certain point in investment, you sometimes want to uh, want to increase more and more because you're successful or you might want to think about getting out because you're losing money but what happened is when you go to this process and you didn't basically secure it in your mind how exactly you're going to proceed it can be very confusing about what you're going to do when i first time i invested it was very confusing for me because it didn't go up as i wanted and I got frustrated, okay, do I leave it? What do I actually do? And I actually left it for a year extra than I thought because I totally forgot actually that I had invested in this company. And a day year and a half when I actually, okay, I finally find the paperwork and I cashed it out. I got lucky that it went up and up that I didn't lose any of my money, but it could have been going the, the other way and I could have lost all my money. And that came from because I did not know where I was going to go with it, how long I was going to wait for this and so on and so forth. So it's important for you to basically nail it down in your head. What is really going to happen? Okay. There's another important question is what do I do in case I start losing? Important question. You need to know, okay, if I start losing and it's not going a certain way, do I take less risk and try to be more secure even though I need the money more? Do I basically just uh, put, take some money out to make sure I have some and then invest others, whatever is left differently? You have to answer these questions so when something like that would happen, you, able, you will be able to look at what you set up for yourself ahead of time and follow it. My friend, as I mentioned example, when he started to lose, he panicked and he went doubled down on the stock that was losing for him. And basically that's why he lost everything. He lost his focus, he lost everything. Plus he had nothing to follow that he put down previously what he would do, how he would react. And because of that, he lost all his money. Then there is another big question. What if you lose all the money you put in? Let's say you put in $10,000 and you lose it all within a matter of days, weeks, or maybe a month. What do you do in that case? Can you reinvest and start again? Do you want to reinvest and start again? For instance, my friend never touched stocks again after he lost all that money. So you will have to look at it. If I lose this 10000 do I really want to go back? Or I, yeah, no, I don't. Do I maybe go on a smaller scale and see if I can just grow it differently? All these things you need to know. So this way 
Now, you might not, when you get to that point and you lose it all, and you said, well, I said I would reinvest, and I said, no, maybe I don't, you can change your mind, but at least when you look at it, you know what, at the moment, I think I could reinvest, and I would just change my strategies or whatever, I will look at things a little bit differently, and you would go accordingly. Now, this is part of what, also what we were talking about yesterday, this question, what do I have to learn to make my money grow? When you invest and you you put your money in there just looking at tickers a lot of times is not enough i mean if you look at how many of the percentage of people that fail even people are professionals 94 percent of them the traders fail all the time because they can't figure out and they can't suggest certain things because they only have certain amounts of information that they go on and they're most looking at tickers and and averages and so on and so forth you have to decide what am I willing to learn and what I'm willing to put my mind into it so I can learn, so I can have a better investment. When you join Stock Autopsy, one of the things we will do is together we'll examine stocks. We will look at what exactly you need to know about the company and basically get you a more rounded knowledge about certain things, what you look for. When you go out on your own, a lot of the things that we're talking about in stock autopsy is not available so you have to figure out what you want to spend on money to learn now look at stock autopsy 250 dollars a month versus that five thousand um, dollar package that i mentioned to you and basically get nothing out of it so you have to make a decision how much money i'm willing to put in there and what exactly i'm looking to get out of it these basically there are a couple of smaller questions in this uh, pre-investment contract but these are the main questions that are in there and if you look at it as we went through some of these you will know that this is all about just fixing your mindset about what you want and in case certain things happen how you want to handle it what you want to react to it and things might change don't get me wrong when you're in the heat of things and start to grow and also you lose some of the money things might change of what you put down but when you but but the whole thing is is a hope that when you put something down you will actually as a contract you abide yourself by it and basically say you know what this is what i agreed with myself i really need to look at this and go with this even though i'm losing i cannot panic and just basically change things because in that case i might lose everything that i put in here just also a little bit of a reminder when you have a portfolio that is very nice when you grow it and it starts growing is exceptionally exceptionally nice it's a good feeling and so on and so forth you see that you're doing something good see that you figured something out but you need to know one thing and remind yourself and it's on this is on the bottom of this contract the portfolio is only as good as much money you can get out of it okay because you, you can have tens of millions of dollars worth of portfolio. If the stock market crashes by tomorrow, you're most likely going to lose that all that. Okay? So when you get to a certain point, you will have to start thinking about cashing some of that out so you can actually have some safety net. I have the cash at home in, in my bank account, wherever you put it, and I can move on with the rest of them, whatever is left in there, to continue to invest and continue to grow. And one more small thing before I finish with this. When you're looking at the market, on the everyday basis, not one stock stay the same level. Very rarely when you see they stay at the same exact dollars and cents, no matter which stock you're talking about. 
when you're looking at investing and i get this question from a couple of people already what do you do with the up and down movement of the, during the day uh, like from one day up one day down you do nothing with that that's the everyday up and down it's not your concern your concern is when you invest when it starts to go down days 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 and it goes up days 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 you're not looking at one day up one dollar the next day down one dollar you're not looking for that type of movement what you're looking for is a long-term movement when the stock comes down for two three four five days ah now it's time to buy in for instance when the stock starts to go up and goes to a certain point ah now it's time to sell you never look at just day to day like that because that way even if you get one minute okay today i bought something for one dollar tomorrow it's one dollar ten cents okay it's made me money you cash it in you might need a few dollars here and there but overall that's not a good strategy and you will never really make anything big on your investment you need to look for something a long trend up or long trend long trend down depends on when you want to buy or sell and that's what you're really focusing on not on an everyday because there's always something happening you have to check out something a little bit in this session for a maybe a next few podcasts because I feel that there should be some explanation about some of the things that out there people talking about in investment news so that people everyday people like you and I can understand more what they're really talking about and what's really going on because of how they how everything is going around right now these days regarding the economy and so on and so forth there are many many things out there that is said that is not really true or not is going to be true and it could be misleading and because of that a lot of people might be scared to invest might be scared to leave stocks in and so on and so forth so i try what i'm going to try to do in the next few podcasts is explain some of these things before however i go in there i need to add something extremely extremely important and that's when it comes to something called speculation so what is speculation well speculation has two different meaning one that the stock market wants you to look at and what actually behind it speculation is basically trying to hurt the price of certain stocks in a certain direction as larger investments investors want you to go with it so they can make more money and when we're talking about speculation the information that is put out there a lot of times is not really true but they try to influence the market try to influence the smaller investors try to influence the prices in a certain direction that themselves the larger investors can make money and don't be fooled when it comes to the stock market it's not about the little guys like you and i it's always about the bigger people the bigger guys the bigger investments and how much money they can make and how much money they want to make now if you when you invest and hear the word speculation and hear these experts talking about whatever they talking about stock market is going down it's going to happen six this is what's going to happen six months down the road think about one thing and that is the real meaning of speculation the real meaning of speculation is or having a theory or conjecture about a subject without a firm evidence 
So when you hear people saying, well, that stock market is going to be go like this and six months down or we can see this, what you will find that 99.999% of the time, these people basically just setting up certain financial things that they're hoping they happen in, in the minds of people because they're talking about, but they have no actual proof to back up their opinion that this is what actually going to happen. It's all conjecture and it's all basically uh, based on the speculation and what they want to do with it. You see, usually when you're talking about speculators who come in into a stock market, speculators, what they usually do is sort of hype up a particular market and hype up a particular stock, for instance, to able to have the prices go a certain way for them to make more money. And that's basically all is all about. It's not about you little guys to make more money. It's about the big guys trying to basically move stocks, people, investors and investments in a certain direction so they can maximize their profits. Even when you look at sites like Investopedia and some of the other sites where talking about what exactly speculation is all about. There is a couple of things that are in there and it's a couple of words in there that a lot of times people don't look at. And basically what it says is that when you invest in things as you speculate, because you're supposed to speculate what will happen. A lot of times you will have no evidence, but people say speculate on what happens in the price. And this happens very often when you try to invest with somebody, you have to speculate what will happen. So basically have a, talk about have an opinion without any evidence so to speak what they don't mention that even in their term it only says you have only a hope of gain but with a substantial large amount of risk of losing let me say it again you have only a hope of gain but you have a substantial large amount of risk of losing so basically what you're looking at when you invest in a stock market is that you have a very small chance of actually making any money, which is what is the tr truth because over 90% of people fail on the market. And you basically have a huge amount of percentage of time that you're going to lose small, small amounts or all the amounts you have. And you basically, your risk of losing is way, way, way more than a chance of gaining. Unless, and this is unless, you are able to figure out and start to get more evidence why certain things happen on a stock market. Now, of course, if you just only look at tickers, them by themselves will not tell you why things happen. You will have to have company and corporate backgrounds. You will have to understand what's going on in that industry, perhaps, but most likely what happens with that company and find the trends that will get you the money you're seeking. And that is one of the reasons I suggest to perhaps join Stock Autopsy, my group, because there we can look at and help you to examine stocks more deeply, have a more understanding about the company and what's really going on. Because besides the daily tickers, there are many, many things that you need to look at to gain an investment and actually make money. And to be honest, if you only look at daily up and downs, you will never make money. The daily up and downs very rarely will supply you with sufficient movement to actually gain money unless you're either going to in a downturn or an upswing in that case you can basically buy on a low and sell on the high but for that you have to understand 
past history, what exactly happens to the company, how the market is, and what exactly the ticker is going to give you as it moves up and down. Of course, that also comes in to understand what equilibrium is in a particular stock and how you can use equilibrium to basically tell when it's time to invest and buy in and when it's time to sell. But we will talk about equilibrium in a more detail down, in down the road in some of the podcasts. For right now, I just want you to understand when the stock market was talking about speculation and basically talking about that this is going to happen, this is what's going to happen, and this is how we see it, they really most of the time have no evidence whatsoever about what they say, but because they speculate, they what they try to do is direct the market, direct the investors in a certain direction so they can make the optimum amount of money out of you. There are, as I mentioned, many factors that they say in investment that basically can, will, or would affect stock prices. And I would like to sort of shed a light on it, some of the things they talk about that whether yes or no, it has any factual meaning to anything they say. Because by knowing this, you could make a better decision about investing when you understand what they're talking about. Many of these things they're talking about is there to influence in a certain way your behavior as an investment or what can or will happen. So let's look at one thing that sort of goes with what we talked about a few minutes ago about speculation. And that's talking about economic outlook. Now, when you look at these so-called experts that present you with this economic outlook, honestly, I never find anybody who could actually predict what the outlook is going to be, precisely or even close to it. One for one very simple reason because so many things can happen on a day-to-day basis to look at what could happen down the road, six months to a year down the road. Today, with this economic and technology and how people are growing and how things are happening with the speed is basically impossible. Some of these turns, for instance, economic outlook could have been working fairly decently about 60, 70 years ago, for instance, where everything was somewhat slower, technology didn't change as much that rapidly, so you could fairly easily predict what could change, what could happen, and how it would impact certain investment patterns and the stock prices. But today, as things change and technology changes, and how we use technology changes and everything else, that basically eliminated any possible economic outlook that can affect your stock prices. There's just no way you can do it. There's not one person who can six months down the road predict actually factually what will happen. So basically what we're talking about, another speculation, talking about what could happen without any proof and basically trying to influence investors and basically how investment patterns happen so they can basically these larger companies put these economic outlooks out can get more money and that's basically is all about now if you don't believe me necessarily look at corporations all right on a smaller scale i'm not talking about stocks their performance one of the things corporations have to do is do a yearly sort of speculative outlook on what they expect the company to happen For instance, this is how we're going to grow, this is how much we're going to grow, this is how much we might not grow, this is what actually happened, this is how much profit we're expecting to make. Let's say, and I don't know the number, there are 5 million companies out there, 
Let's just say that. Do you know how many out of those 5 million actually got it correctly? I bet you zero. For a company on any scale to predict the actual profits, their losses, the gains, the growth in any factual way, six months down the road is impossible. It doesn't happen. They can come close. In many cases, they probably do. But to actually hit the numbers, it's impossible. They can go under. They can even go over. But to hit the actual numbers, not happening. So imagine these so-called experts trying to hit economic markers, economic outlooks from the basis of what they have information. When you're talking about tens of thousands of companies, when you're talking about countries combining economies, and when you're talking about money going everywhere and millions upon millions of people working, how accurately do you believe anybody could look at and predict economic outlook? It's impossible. Too many factual variables that can come in here to affect it. So when people are talking about that, this is what we see, just basically nod your head and know that basically it's nothing else but speculation without much of a fact. And really, really, it's not exactly it's going to happen. It could be worse, but most likely it's going to be better because that's how it usually happens. It very rarely gets worse. It's a lot of times, 90% of the time, or 95% of the time, it actually gets better. And only a few times when it gets worse, it's really on the long term, it doesn't really work that way, and it's not have such a big effect. So when you look at things that people and investment companies and the so-called experts put down front of you, always look at it with a grain of salt, because you will find that a lot of times, many of these things that they talk about have no factual basis and a lot of times it's just misinformation or information they put out there because really they themselves don't know what's exactly going on. Now let's go to the tips of the day. I would like to do things a little bit different here about the companies and one very big reason because this particular company I'm talking about Campbell Soup is sort of what I've been talking in the last couple of episodes how things are happening where changes are made and how the stock market is reacting because of these changes so I would like to go through a little bit about Campbell Soup and, and see how things are and actually looking at how the changes are made, you could probably look at investing in Campbell Soup. It's been always more as a more secure investment, even though the prices in the last couple of years been coming down because of the previous CEO. But I think right now as the new CEO to cover, I think you will find that things will improve. Now let's start with that. Earlier this year, Campbell Soup made a change and brought in a new CEO. And as I mentioned in last podcast, I believe that when a new CEO comes in because of hope, because of the new vision, because of the new direction, the investors feel more comfortable and more hopeful with this new person. So all of a sudden you will find that the stock prices will go up. And what you find that yes, the stock prices actually went up fairly decently compared to where they were when the last CEO was let go. Now also find while you look at the stock prices and the tickers on it where they went, you will find that there was what one point where there was a big buy-in by either the company or 
Wall Street to boost the prices up where they are right now. And right now with the equilibrium, the prices staying as high as they are. And you know what? It looks good on the company. They can do that, but it's basically an artificial rise of the stock prices. However, all being said and done, what is Campbell's soup? Well, Campbell's soup, as you and I know it, besides when you don't look at all the companies they attach themselves to, is basically a company that makes canned soup and canned foods. Now, when you, and I'm sorry to say this, when I look at Campbell's soup and just look at the cans and what I associate with them, I don't really associate them with any kind of high quality food. It's basically the food that you have in case there is a war, you have some canned food in that lasts for a long time, or you go to camping, you can just open one of these cans up and have a, a somewhat nutritious food and perhaps you know just eat something quickly when you come home warm it up and you have some food when you don't want to cook anything perhaps you can use that but the gourmetness and the the projected uh, satisfaction you would get out of something that campbell itself makes it's long long gone so how do they make money how do you actually grow because they've been have grown before although they've been stagnated what they do is they basically bought other companies and be using these other companies to basically show that they actually improving for investment or not now when it comes to this thing of buying other companies for you to grow it can be very very dangerous and can backfire as it was done with the previous ceo who basically bought companies that either people weren't really interested in or down the road we're losing money because they're in a certain market that had basically it was on a downturn and because of that it greatly impacted Campbell soups the companies Campbell companies stock prices and what will what you will find is that when you are a company and you cannot basically invent you cannot grow with what you have you just making the same sort of boring soups as you always the only way you can grow only way you can gain if you, there is no invention is you buy other companies they ha that have innovative food that have different parts you can get in there and hoping that by running those companies those companies can get growing and can get your stock prices up high and this is what campbell is doing now with the previous ceo they were buying into certain companies as i mentioned that basically backfired on them big time and as you look at the new CEO coming in, he's actually selling some of it off and that has a positive impact on the outlook of Campbell. Now also what he's also doing, he's also buying other companies that believe would help them better, which is okay if you can make it happen. But I think what I'm looking at is that there are basically look at two people, two CEOs here who believe in that they have a vision what companies to buy to boost the profitability of a, a second company. And when you look at that to actually advance and to grow and to make your stock prices go, overall, that's not a very good strategy. I tell you why. The reason is when you, for instance, let's say you have a company and you're running well and you make, you have large amount of profits and your stocks are, let's say, $100. Now, you find that you want to grow, but you cannot innovate. What you do is you can't figure out how you can make different products, how you can make a better product. You just can't figure out. So say, okay, I'm buying an ABC company. And you buy that ABC company and all of a sudden they have a profit. They have 
some high, maybe even a stock price, but usually you wouldn't. It would be a smaller company a lot of the times that you buy in. So you basically inherit whatever that company does. Now, if that company is not well received by, let's say, people down the road because they kill animals and there's a lot of negative press about it that will impact your prices and basically you might you directly have no effect on that so you have to be very very careful to not to lose your direct effect of your own stock prices by buying companies and this is what happens with campbell and this is what's happening on with campbell they buying up camp companies that have direct effect on their stock prices and their profits and what they're hoping is that these companies can work themselves out, they can stay profitable, they can stay in a certain way that has a positive impact. And as we find out with the previous CEO, that a lot of times that might not be the case. And that also comes in with the subject I talked to before, that trying to predict or speculate what might happen and what could happen down the road. A lot of times do not know. You cannot do that and you cannot say that because you do not know that like before the company was doing well now if it merges with you and you trying to sort of amalgamate what you do and how you control and everything else you do not know how negatively that impacts you do not know how the market will see it you do not know what the shareholders will believe that it's a good or bad thing for the company and you do not know that six months down the road with your direction whether that company is actually going to do better or worse than what they do right now so you're taking a lot of risk with very small amounts of possible rewards and when you look at companies doing that way and growing that way you will definitely be careful how you invest up into that company now as i mentioned earlier if you want to look at right now campbell soup that could be an investment that you could put your money in for not a long term, let's say, but on a short term because of the new CEO, because of the new hope and what they're buying and hoping that there might be a better turn on it. But I would be I would be careful. I would be very careful how you invest in that because of what they're doing and how they're building the company. You send me questions because you want to know. So it's time for me to step up and give you the answers. In the Q&A section, I would like to bring you three different questions today than we usually get just so see we can go into different areas of investing the first question is by john mason why are so many people losing on stocks but there are some reasons one of them would be and that would be the main reason that really the stock market wasn't really built for everyday people to win and 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 that's the truth the stock market originally was built for companies and larger entities to make money on it from invest to get money from investors so they can grow it wasn't really designed for smaller people you and i to actually make money in it now it does not mean we you and i couldn't make money on it but that would mean that you and i would have to really really learn know what we're talking about and really on a smaller scale duplicate what some of the bigger companies are doing now all being said and done 90 percent of the people who invest 
at least fail and they fail for one very big reason according as i see it there are many smaller things but one big reason the only the big re one of the the big reason is because they only look at half the information and the half of information is the ticker that going up and down movement of the stock price to look at it and try to find a pattern and, and so on and so forth that is basically what 99.99 percent .99 of people do that invest and when you only look at that to understand why the stock all of a sudden goes up uh, 30 percent and three weeks later drops 30 percent you have to know deeper what's really going on and that could be seen as how many stocks you uh, somebody invested in when there was the equilibrium price what exactly going down with the company because the company itself and its uh, financial results can and will affect sometimes the prices and also you have to see who is putting the money into the stock and when you can figure all these things out so you know actually the why you will be able to make better decisions and when you do to come to stock autopsy that's part of what we're trying to find out we're trying to find out why that stock moves in a certain way at a certain time so you can see why it happens and when you know why it happens when you detect a similar thing happen then you know what exactly you're predicting will happen with a higher level or degree of success in that case you can have a better investment result making more money and growing your portfolio but basically not understanding what makes the tickers go up and down that is why most of the people if not all lose money on stocks okay here is another interesting question coming from cyrus blumen how do i pick the right stock for me well that's not necessarily an easy easy answer here because for that to know you will have to really really know why am i investing what my end result is like what we talked about in the first session with the pre-investment contract you will have to know exactly the ratio of risk you're willing to take when you figured all that out then you can go out and search for the right stock that fills and fits that need before you actually know that and decided upon it that's when you can make the decision what actually is the right stock for you and to be honest i cannot answer that for you. even if i would know your risk i might not be able to find a company for you but that company even though i think my feature segment it actually might not because you don't feel comfortable because of maybe a little bit more degree of risk or so on and so forth so for me to able to even actually find your stock would be a little bit difficult because i would not know what exactly you would fit and what you would be comfortable with so what my i suggest with people that come to me is let's put down what you risk and safety ratio and security you want and what exactly you outgoal then let's go look at some stocks i present you some you find yourself some we sit down and we talk about it and when you talked about all that what's inside of it and you learn what's actually making it move then you can say okay you know what this stock fits me this one doesn't fit me by the way this is what comes to being a member of stock autopsy this is what extra help you can have when you join the club that help you're not going to get anywhere else and i, I can be assured of that so this is why you need another set of minds ears and eyes that can help you with some experience figuring out what it fit you and then you make a decision.
I do not make a decision. You make your own decision so when it fits, it works for you. You know that you did that, you get confidence out of it. So next time you want to find other stock, you will have more confidence of knowing and you will be grow, able to grow with the knowledge that you made a decision that helped you. Okay, the third question is, is sort of related the first to end for this podcast actually. Eva Marner asks, I want to get better in understanding stock moments. What do I do? Well, as we just talked in the previous questions and answers as well in the whole podcast, you need to, besides figuring out what you want, you basically have to see what makes that stock move. Now, I'm not talking about everyday moves because if you just look at any stocks, any stock, when you look at tickers and one day the stock goes up half a, do- half a dollar, 10 cents, a dollar, whatever, when you look at the irregular flow, there's equilibrium, up and down movement of a stock in a certain period of time, when it's not like 5-10% up or down in, during the daily basis, that's what you call equilibrium. That's a normal movement of a stock and that depends on that today, let's say there were 8 million traded, same as yesterday, but there were more sold than bought, so the stock will drop versus otherwise it would go up. But that's basically what it is. A certain amount of stocks traded in each day that basically create a certain equilibrium of up and down movement. Now, what basically you need to look at and what basically we deter whether you can actually understand more about this to find the time when there's a larger amount of stock is invested on a daily basis and see the impact of it and when that happens. Now there are some stock that happens fairly irregularly but there are some stocks when it happens fairly regularly and what you're looking at is those type of stocks. Now in comparison when you look at Tesla and I talked about Tesla I think the first podcast was when you look at Tesla's uh, stock stock prices and the stocks invested in and purchased and handled on an everyday basis, there's an equilibrium between a certain millions of shares traded per day. But all of a sudden you see that there is t- about 12 to 30 million kicked in this day, then as next day is 21 million kicked in. That's not everyday people invest. It's certain other entities trying to push the prices up or bring it down or make it a certain way but it's worth for them to sell or buy more stocks. And that's what you're looking at. Now, with Tesla, however, it happens fairly infrequently. It's really, you, it's a little difficult to predict because that in buy-in, it happens very infrequently. Sometimes it happens every two days, sometimes it doesn't happen for a week. It's very infrequent. When you look at, for instance, the company I talked to you earlier about this, Campbell's, it actually, you can tell in the past, it was very easy that every few months, when the stock goes beyond a certain point and drops, start dropping beyond the equilibrium point, there is a large amount of buy-in after four or five days of drop. There's a large amount of dry, uh, buy-in that basically levels and takes the price back where it was or sometimes even more. And this is what you're looking at. There are many stocks that do it like Campbell did. When there's an equilibrium, I think with Campbell was about 1.1 to 1.4 million traded during the day. When you see that, for instance, it starts to drop a million, 900,000, 800,000, and the stock starts to drop, at a certain point, you will see that all of a sudden there's an 8 million, 10 million, 12 million buy into that stock. Now, that's not everyday people buy in. That's either the company has a third party that buys in for them or Wall Street tries to boost up, boost up their 
price of Campbell's, so they put in a larger amount so the prices can go back up. And what happened is, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at larger drops and larger buy-ins so you can make a better investment decisions on when to buy in and when to sell. And this is what you're looking for. You're not looking for a very unstable moment, Tesla. You're looking for a more stable one that it's more predictable when this up and down movement will happen. Before I close this podcast, I would like to give you the last part of the trivia. This is the big clue for the trivia. This person's name is on many popular and well-known things all over the world, but especially in Florida. Now that's a a giveaway right there. So let me repeat this again. This person's name is on many popular and well-known things all over the world, but especially in Florida. Now that we have the last part of the trivia, I would like to wish you good investment and a lot of profits. And thank you very much for listening. Have a nice day.